Hey, this is James from survivalpunk.com, back with another episode, Um, I think just a week later, so right on schedule, I do believe, and isn't that grand? Yeah, (laughs) sorry, I get distracted, Uh, I'm out in the pod studio again, and I just looked down and I saw... Um, the 75 pounds of rice that I had, um, gonna, you know what? I've never, uh, never done the Mylar bag thing. Just never, never really was my thing, but I think I'm gonna get some Mylar bags, some, uh, some O2 absorbers and I'm gonna bucket up a bunch of this stuff. Uh, just get it a little bit organized, ready to go. I think it's gonna be 2020, the remainder of the year and 2021 i think is going to be interesting times guys interesting times um so today uh continuing our back to basics uh sort of podcast episodes we're doing i'm going to talk about water water storage water treatment water purification uh we'll try to get on the internet here i'm recording off internet at the moment woohoo um We'll get on Mike's internet since we're closer to him right now. But yeah, water storage. Uh, You know what? Back in the day, me and Mike, we did an episode on water storage. And we were bored. Uh, It was a boring topic. We don't really think we did it justice. Uh, Maybe this episode won't do it justice either. I don't know. But we will see. We will run with it and we will see what happens. Um, we, I mean, I, I will run with it. So, um, little housekeeping up front. Uh, is it still going at a t-shirt campaign? Let's see if it's still going. Uh, if not, maybe I can bump it up another week or so and we let it ride. So the t-shirt campaign was a tread on evil campaign. Uh, I had the idea like, um, the don't tread on me movement, the, the Gadsden flag, you know, it's great and we love it. And I'm, I'm looking at a flag right now, uh, in the pod studio, I have a Gadsden flag hanging up on the back wall. It's great. Um, you know, but it can kind of be a little pacifist. Uh, the, uh, Michael, Michael W. Dean from freedom fiends, formerly of freedom fiends, I guess, I guess they stopped doing it. He had a, uh, non-aggression principle 2.0 that he came up with, which is, don't tread unless tread upon or something like that, or, um, don't tread what, whatever, uh, non-aggression principle. Yeah. So basically it was, um, don't give shit, but don't take shit. Something like that. And I like that. I like that a lot more, uh, is better than being stamped upon. I ordered a sample of this shirt. Uh, so the, the idea basically is there is a boot with the yellow, with a Gadsden snake on it, uh, stepping on a communist flag. So tread on evil. Some people are like, you should have used the Antifa flag. Uh, every communist, every Antifa is communist. So I, it's the same difference here, guys. Uh, what does that say? Nine hours? Let's see if we can make that longer. I want to, um, 
settings. Can I make this nine hours? It's not enough time. Let's make it another week, I think. Can I? Nope, maybe that's uh maybe that's it. Settings. Sorry, uh, I, I should be talking about this, but uh, so basically, yeah, it's a it's, it's a Teespring thing. Um, let's there's it is. Let's let's bump it up a little bit. Let's give it another week. Eight twenty six. Let's make it eight thirty one. Let's make it in the month. Um, so there. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for this campaign so you guys can see it. Don't, uh, not don't tread on me, tread on evil. Um, so I, I got one. It's a cool design. You get three colors. It's one way you can help support the show. Uh, so just that took too long. Let's just get into the show. I won't talk about anything else. My notes are done. So, uh, first off, I have why store water because you need it to live. I mean, uh, it may be the least cool, least fanciest, least tactical thing in the, in the prepper world. But what are you? 70% water? Uh, you'll die without water. And, uh, you know, you're liquid. Uh, I know a lot of us live on just coffee and, anger but you need water <sighs> excuse me so high store water uh you need it to clean with you need it to bathe with you need it for sanitation you need it to drink you need it to you need it to add to your other drinks. So you got to have it for coffee. You got to have it for tea. You got to have it for everything else. If you're using powdered milk, you need water to make that powdered milk liquid milk. Uh, if you're cooking bread, you need water. If you're cooking oatmeal, you need water. Like all of these prepper things, you're cooking biscuit mix or Jiffy mix or any of these things you're making instant mashed potatoes. You need water. Um, yeah, I know a lot of preppers will talk about using things. You don't have to add water to, uh, canned goods. You don't have to add water to prepackaged things, um, or just add water. I'm okay with just add water stuff. There's a lot of ways to get water. It behooves us to store water, to have the water to make these things with. So yeah. Um, I, if you, if you go down the route of, Storing things that do not need water, your options become so much more limited, dumb and boring. I'm just sorry. Uh, just, I just don't, I don't understand that. Um, store water and store foods that need water. Cover them both. Um, you need, you need, and I'll talk about it again. This will be a, this will be a consistent theme in the podcast. You need about a, a gallon of water per person per day. At least, um, some people need more, some people need less, but at least a gallon per person per day, just minimum, um, brush your teeth with, uh, make your oatmeal with, wash your dish that you ate your oatmeal with, um, 
you got to have it. So, like, I feel like if you need more convincing on why you should store water, probably not smart enough to make it anyway. Uh, store water, guys. So, how to store water? Obviously, you have to go out on the internet and buy the most expensive water storage, water brick things there is out there, and you can use nothing but those, right? No. Um, man, just uh, if you drink two liters of soda, save those in full of water. If you don't, you know, I don't, I don't super love the gallon jugs of water. They're not really. They're not really sturdy. They're not really strong. Um, you know, you, you could you could buy those. Um, I just think that they're too easy to rupture and cause issues. Uh, whereas a, a two liter container is pretty solid. It's meant to hold pressures. It's meant to drop them. Uh, the the real fell thing on that usually tends to be the cap, not so much the plastic bottle. Um, you drop it on the concrete, it bounces. Rarely will you have a structural breakage of the the bottle. Uh, you'll have the cap break almost every time if it does break. So two liter bottles. Uh, if you don't, man, I bet you know somebody that does. Uh, and they may look at you weird if you're like, hey, can I have those empty bottles? But they're free. And they're good for, you know, storing rice and beans and everything else in two. They're just great little storage units. Um Another another way that I happen to like to store water is cases of bottled water. They're known quantities. They're sealed good. They're uh, stackable. You know, instead of buying money to buy the water bricks, uh, and then you're buying money and then you're storing your own water, buy cases of bottled water. They're solid. They stack. They're they're just a better investment. I do believe. Um, and if you use them, well, then you can just refill them. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to not suggest you go online and buy anything. It, if you told me you went and bought one of those things, those, those containers you put in your bathtub and fill it with bathtub and, and make that, um, you know what? I don't even like those. Some people swear by them. They're like, yeah, oh, it's a great little thing. Um, storm's coming. You just fill it up. You know, it, yes, it does store, but then it, it takes your bathtub out and then it's a little hard. Like if you just, and, and you know, they cost money. So, uh, the storm's coming, you just fill your bathtub up. And then if you need to flush your toilets, you just dip a bucket in your bathtub and get it out and, um, save yourself, whatever the 20 bucks or whatever it is to buy that thing. I, you know, that's. How many cases of water could you buy for 20 bucks instead of a plastic thing that you put in your bathtub? And then it takes up your bathtub. So like if you wanted to do some emergency like showering, you couldn't because the bathtub is full of a plastic thing full of water. Uh, guys, I just don't get it. Um, yeah, that's, that's not how I'm going to store water. Um, so my my real recommendation here, guys, is two liter bottles. Some of those some of those big jugs of like Arizona tea, those are solid containers. Uh, if you drink that, use that. If you got someone you know that goes through a bunch of those, and you, they they'll give them to you, you know that's fine. Uh, would not recommend the one gallon water containers nor the one gallon milk containers. 
you'll never wash the milk out. It'll always be milky and gross and they'll break easy, you know, and could you, could you go buy sort of commercial water storage things? I just don't, you can, and, and I've bought the sort of plastic water jerry cans and I used them, uh, for a lot of things like when my house was more off grid, I used it to transport water cause it just carries and stores easier. Um, so in that instance, yeah, cause you know, it obviously I was holding seven liters, I think instead of, you know, two, the two liter would hold, um, or gallons. It was seven gallons. I think something like that. Uh, it was, it was a, just a better, can, it's a better thing in that situation of a daily use, uh, where I needed more than a liter, more than two liters, um, and then for a while I used it, uh, sometimes in the winter I use it to use inside water. So, um, normally year round here in Tennessee, it doesn't get super, super cold. I've got a, I've got a, um, rain barrel outside and that's what we feed our water from. We fill up the rain barrel, um, water pump brings it inside propane, hot water heater. You know, it, it works that well. Uh, the winter time there are some days, there are some days when the, with the, um, rain barrel will freeze. So then I'll bring in, I'll detach it from the rain barrel. I'll bring it in and I'll, we'll get like seven gallons of water at a time that way. And then I have two of them. So we fill both of them up. If one of them runs out, we switch the other one. So we have 14 gallons, you know, and then usually there's not like days without water here in Tennessee. It, it'll freeze. It'll usually thaw out that day. Overnight, it'll freeze again, you know, so uh, at most, there's like a day or two of solid. If you live in Wisconsin, your mileage may vary. It's probably not going to be a good option up there. Um, so, and then obviously there, I've got 55-gallon rain barrel of water storage. And to be honest, with, with showers and, and dishes and and whatnot, um, you you know, we can, we go through about one of those a day. If everybody showers, we go through about two a day. Uh, you throw in laundry. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets a bit more. Um, usually I've, I've never, we've never used more than three in a day though. But if the whole family showers and we do dishes and we do laundry. Yeah. Um, during the apocalypse, maybe cut back on some of the, the water usage. So how to store water. I think I've covered that. Um, this, this may be a short episode. Water's just not, water just doesn't give me a boner guys. Uh, you know, and by God, it's important, but it's not exciting. Uh, it's just not, but you know, sometimes there are things that are important and you have to do them even though they're not exciting and glamorous. This next topic will be fun. Uh, this, this next topic, uh, is not boring. How long does water last? Because if you buy those cases of bottled water that I just told you, go buy cases of bottled water, you will notice that there is an expiration date on that water. On that hundred million year old water, there's an expiration date. And the expiration date is like, I don't know, two years or something. Something ridiculous because water doesn't expire. Water will last forever and ever and ever. 
Water can become contaminated. Water can become undrinkable. Water can be evaporated and not exist in the form, in the container that you have it in. But it doesn't expire. If it is put in a, if the water is clean and potable, potable, whatever you say, if the water is clean and potable and drinkable and fine and uncontaminated, and you put it in a container that is uncontaminated and fine, and it seals without letting anything in or out, your water will be fine forever. Sure, if you leave it in pretty much any plastic container, if you leave it in any container, water gets kind of a stale taste. Um, you can aerate it. Um, and at that point, stored water, you're more like, if you're cooking with it, fine. If you're making coffee with it, fine. Tea with it, yes. Um, but it it's, for drinking it plain, it will always have a flat taste. Um, completely fine to drink, completely okay, but it just won't taste amazing. And water never does. You know, there, there's people that are like, I fucking love drinking water. And they're crazy. Water's gross. I don't love it. Um, you know, you, you kept me walking, you, you get me out in the desert for two days and I'm, I'm half dead and you give me a nice chilled glass of water. I'll probably think it's awesome. But regularly, no. Water is not great. Uh, but it is great. So, <laughs> how long does water last? Forever. Um, make sure that you are putting uncontaminated, safe drinking water in a safe drinking vessel and store it. Uh, hence why I tend to like to store unopened containers. You get a bottle, you get a case bottle of water, it's fine. Forever. Longer than you'll be alive. So, no need to get no fancy things. Get cases of water. Store them up. Um, yeah. There are some other things, but... And, and I just I just thought about it, and we'll talk about it later. How much water to store? You know what? We've already pretty much talked about the one gallon, of, one gallon per person per day kind of equation. Um... If you want to go over that, I certainly couldn't fault you. Um, that's meager sort of survival rations of water. And, you know, we, we began the show by talking about how important water is for total survival. You will die in about three days with no water. Dead. Um, so, so if you say, James, I want to store two gallons per person per day for my survival. I'm going to be like, fucking awesome, dude. That's great. Uh, you know, it, any, anything that's like that vital to survival. If you want to, if you want to overdo that, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of people that are, um, you know, there are, I guess there is a big market for those fancy doohickeys and water bobs. And I bet there's people that have a ton of water. Um, I've, I've seen survival people that have like underground cisterns of millions of gallons. Um, they're good. They're good to go. Um, and with renewable rain catchment that tops them off and filtration systems, these people have no problem. Um, and that's great. 
Um, it's one of those few preps where it's like, you know, are, are there preps that you literally can have too much of? Probably. Um, if you cashed out your 401k back in 2000 and 2000, Y2K, if you cashed out your 401k and Y2K, if you were old enough to have a Y2K, uh, um, Y2K, oh my God. If you're old enough to have a 401k in Y2K, that's a tongue twister, and you cash it out and you bought a pallet of MREs, they're probably gross now. Just saying. Uh, you know, if you bought a case of MREs, not MREs, uh, Mountain House, they have 25 year shelf life. Hell, the, the expiration date's coming up on those suckers. You know, God, I just realized that's 20 years ago. So if you buy them before Y2K, then it's probably 21 years, 22 years old, depending on when the manufacturer was. So, you know, you probably aren't regretting having them right now, but um, they're at the end of their shelf life. So water stores forever, die without it. Um, what's to lose here? So how much a store? Aim. You know, start out with that one gallon per person per day. Um, how long till you get to 30 days? You know, um, obviously, I think I think a lot of us preppers tend to go for the, you know, we, there's milestones. So there's milestones. Like, you hit your you hit your 30 days of food storage, water storage. Um, ammo's a little bit harder to, like, how much ammo do you need per person per day? Eh, that gets a bit squirrely. Uh, different numbers are thrown around with, like, stuff like ammo. Um, you know, and every survival novel ever starts saying that 22 long rifle becomes a currency, so... How much cheap money do you store? You know, whatever. Uh, but with some of those big ones, we have our milestones for the 30, 60, 90, six months, one year. And, and it doesn't end at one year, but that's like, if you say, yeah, I got a year of food storage, that's, you're pretty solid. Like, um, I, you know, our collapses, is it going to be a total end of the world collapse that lasts more than one year? Um, and are you not going to supplement any of that storage in that one year? You know, you set up systems for rain catchment. So you have one year of stored water, but you get more water. Um, you know, you've got one year stored food, but you're hunting, you know, daily by daily, depending on what you catch. Like you get a deer, I'll feed you for a couple of days. Uh, you smoke it maybe longer. I'm smoking a chuck roast right now, actually. Uh, as soon as I get off of here, I have to go check on it. It's been out there since the, it's been out there for a couple of hours at this point. Um, first time smoking something. We'll see how it goes. You know, uh, I, I got, I got high hopes. Uh, I do not have, I do not, so I'm smoking on a kettle grill, not a Weber kettle, a uh, sort of an off brand. Not, not exactly the best, but damn, it's good. So anyway. How much water to store, um, get to that 30 days and then work from there. Like, um, I think in most situations, most probability, you know, like disaster probability matrix, most situations, 30 days will get you covered. If you're in Flint, Michigan, you're still fucked. And let's hopefully you have a, you have a way of treating the water so that it, 
you it's drinkable because your water's toxic for years now i think um so yeah but you know mostly like your your local city issues a, a boil notice so you have to boil your water you've got stored water you're good you know you do that for a couple of days you don't need to worry about it so um having that 30 days then moving from there um, obviously you don't want to go all in on water and not have any food and then you're just starving while you are properly hydrated. You know, it's, it's a lot to prep. Um, you, you kind of, you pick your milestones and you go for them and then you start inching towards the next set of ones. So, um, you may get your 30 days of food and then you're close to your water, close to your cash, you know, in case you lose your job, you have cash stored, you have food, water, you're good. So, yeah, treating water. Treating water, there's a lot of ways to treat water. Uh, the simplest, obviously, just being boiling it, which works for every situation except for chemical contamination, in which case if your water is chemically contaminated or, I do believe, heavy, heavy metals. Uh, chemicals and heavy metals, boiling them will concentrate them, so not really any good there. Um, so, boiling works great if it's just, you know, feces contaminated or something like that, um, oil, petrol, heavy industrial chemicals, heavy metals, eh, not going to work for that. But you know how much how much heavy metals are in the water that's really going to hurt you? Like if you're drinking this water and you're boiling it and it has heavy metal contamination and you're drinking it every day for years on end, eh, maybe then you got a problem. Maybe then you want to pick a different solution that does handle situations like that. Um, so there's that. Uh, you know what? And then before we even get to like the boiling, just basic filtration. Just filtration that removes some stuff. Because um, boiling won't get rid of particles. It won't get rid of mass. It won't get rid of um, stuff like that. Let's see. I had a... Where is it? Let's see. Boiling the most reliable point, however, uses fuel and could take a while. Moreover, on summer days, it's not actually. Oh, yeah. And if you boil water, then you've got boiling water. Um, not really great to drink hot water. Uh, you're making coffee, though. There you go. Um, does this thing have anything on water filter? Water filters can remove bacteria in water, carbon. And on the other, carbon, on the other hand, gets rid of chemicals that taste an awful taste while iodine coated screens can further remove viruses. Tree water can be consumed after the treatment and the water has no bad taste. Uh, however, there are heavier, they are heavier than iodine and chlorine cost manual pumping. You'll need to clean the filters. Um, you know, there's, there's simple filters like sand, rock, charcoal, um, leave debris stuff to get, you know, stuff like that out. It's not going to, those kind of filters aren't probably going to remove like a lot of the deadly stuff, but it will at least make it taste better and be nicer. Uh, then you boil it afterwards. It's a good one, two combo there. You know, um, sort of some of the other stuff that you use like on back, back, back dropping, backpacking, hiking, camping. Um, so iodine, iodine solution, tablets and crystals. Uh, I learned about crystals from, 
Ron Wood. Ron Wood was a big fan of using the iodine crystals. He kept them in a little glass vial. You add water to it, you shake it, you let it sit for a while, then you pour that concentrated iodine solution made from the crystals into your water to purify. Bada boom. Um, which, I mean, cost per ounce using iodine crystals, which a little bit harder to find. Maybe a little bit easier now that we're, you know, we're in the internet world. We we can find anything literally uh, on the internet, you know, as opposed to before where tracking things down without the internet, not so easy. So iodine is an effective and convenient method. It's also available in different forms. You will surely find one that suits your budget. Um, iodine, tincture iodine, uh, I think 2% is what I had bought. Um, it's relatively cheap. Kind of had to ask for a pharmacist to get it, and they because I think it was used for making meth, so they had to like make sure I wasn't buying iodine to make meth with. Whatever. Um, it has the ability to kill viruses and bacteria. Lightweight, easy to use. However, it takes about thirty minutes before you can drink treated water. There is also not suitable for pregnant women. In addition, it has an aftertaste you might not like. Once you drop the tablet into the water container, shake uh, the container and hold the bottle upside down. Have the lid slightly unscrewed. Let the iodine flow through the spreads of the bottle cap to to basically purify so that you're not drinking contaminated water on the threads. Uh, even though the rest of your water is uncontaminated, you can still get sick that way. Um, if you're going to treat with iodine, you're probably going to want... Either you have no taste buds and sucking down iodined water just doesn't bother you because you're boss, whatever. Or, or, um, you need to, you need to bring something to, to flavor the water with. Uh, little squirty drink things, pouches, um, fizzy drink tabs, whatever. You need to put something in the water to give it. And then I, I've noticed that. You know, the, the taste is there and it's not great, but it hides well. Uh, I, you know, you get some of that drink squirt stuff, you put it in there. It doesn't taste horrible. Like you're not, you ever worked with that motherfucker that refuses to like bathe and wear deodorant, but they clone themselves up thinking that's going to help. Iodine's not like that. Iodine, if you add a flavoring enhancement to the water, it takes just fine. Uh, it's, it's great. Um, not like that stinky bastard. Just saying. Um, chlorine drops, chlorine bleach is another thing that I'm pretty fond of just because it's cheap and easy and it, it's really affordable. So chlorine has the ability to kill bacteria in water. It's also lightweight, affordable and easily accessible. You wait about 30 minutes before you can drink the treated water. You also need to make sure to put so many drops in as it could be poisonous if used too much. And coming from the doh.wa.gov, let's see what they say. Um, Volume water be treated, bleach to add. So one quart, one liter, you want five drops of bleach. So it's one of those cases where you want to get just a, a cheap little dropper. Um, so put drops in it. I, you know what, when I did, when I did beer brewing, uh, I used, instead of buying a sanitizing solution, I just bought bleach and it was like one teaspoon of bleach or something per five gallon. You fill up your five gallon plastic fermenting vessel with water. You put a teaspoon 
that could be different for this water drinking compared to the solution. You put in the appropriate amount of bleach in that to sterilize your equipment. You put everything in there. You let it sit for like 30 minutes. Uh, you bring it out. You let it air dry because it's not, you don't need to wash it off. It's the sterile stuff is in there. Pour it out and then, uh, go ahead and brew and you won't have any bad brew. You won't have any bad bacteria, bad yeast pop up to ruin your ferment. Uh, and, you know, I just cheap wise, it always worked fine for me. Volume of water be treated, bleach solution to add. One quart, one liter, five drops. One half gallon to two quarts, two liters, ten drops. One gallon, one fourth of a teaspoon. Five gallons, one teaspoon. Ten gallons, two teaspoons. Um, and on, on occasion, I have, um, the lid to my rain barrel is removable. So on occasion, I go ahead and I take the lid off. I drain all the water out. I wash it out. I clean it out to sometimes, I don't know, particles get in there, uh, clean it out, add some bleach and then let that run through. And then it's obviously 10 gallons. So probably about four tablespoons or two teaspoons. Uh, probably about four to five teaspoons. Obviously, for this drinking water, I, I usually the the rain barrel is not so much for drinking water unless it's being boiled. Uh, for cleaning is fine. For cooking with is fine. Um, bathing with, but the obviously we make the baby formula with bottles of water. Um, if we're drinking it, generally it's going to be a bottle of water. You know. I make my coffee with the, with the rainwater and I've done so for years now. And, you know, I let it come to a boil and it's fine. Uh, phone notifications, guys. I got to wrap this up pretty soon and get in the house. Arriving today. Awesome. Uh, something from Amazon. That's so I can get this episode up too. What else is on the list? Treating water. What are the other ways we could treat water with? Not that website. Chlorine drops, water filter, ultraviolet light. There's ways to filter water, not filter. There's ways to purify water with ultraviolet light. They have like those little, um, UV filter pins, uh, light pins, whatever they called. You know, it's, it's a lot of things that could go wrong with your water purification that could be your life. So I don't super love those, even though they have like wind up stuff and there's even more things. Um, this looks similar to a small flashlight. You just switch it on the water for a few minutes and the bacteria can be killed. These are very easy to carry with you and so easy to use. However, you will need batteries to operate it and the batteries could run out more solid particles in the water, not filtered. You know, and I've, I've heard some other survivalists and stuff. This, like these UV light pins, they tend to be better. If you're traveling abroad, you keep one, you know, you're, you, you have access to batteries still. You're still in the civilized world. Like say you're in Mexico, you're a restaurant, you're drinking the water, swish it around in there just to make sure. Just saying, um, it may be fine to drink for the local indigenous people, but your stomach can't handle the bacteria in there. Just kill it. Just kill the bacteria and be done with it. Um, so that's, uh, there, this is going to be a, your mileage may vary. Uh, I'm just passing it along to you. 
I have heard that if you take water that needs to be treated, you put it in a clear container, glass or plastic, um, you put it on the roof. So you put it up like, uh, in somewhere it's going to get direct sunlight all day. You let it get direct sunlight all day. The UV light from the sun over like an eight hour period of time can purify your water. If, if, if none of these other things are available to you and you're like, Hey, James said that you can purify water on the roof of your house in a clear container for eight hours. You know, if it's death or putting it on the roof of your house for eight hours, you know, it can't really go wrong. Um, and then there's like, there's neat tricks you come across in the survival world, like cooking bacon in a plot in a paper bag, which, which is impressive. Um, and you can boil water in a plastic water bottle. So you get a bottle of water from the store, from a pack and you have drank that water, but now you need new water. You get it from the creek. You can boil in it. Um, you, it's, Difficult. You have to have it completely filled. The lid kind of half on. You use rope to suspend it over a fire to where it's not really directly licking it. But the water on the inside is sort of a sink, and you can get it to boil that way. I suggest you carry a metal container to boil with. Much better. Um, I, you know what? I use a uh, solo stove um, camp cup, and I boil my coffee in that every day. Because it works on the induction cooktop, uh, which is great because it's the perfect perfect container. It works well. Um, shout out Solo Stove. I think we're about getting more water. So you, you've stored water. It's <clears throat> during the apocalypse. Um, you don't want to just blow through all your water. There are ways to get water. You know, um, Obviously, you can, with with the laws not around to prevent you from catching rainwater, you can catch rainwater. Um, and if you're ingenious enough to set up the systems, go right ahead. You got to pull outside, let it catch some rainwater. Maybe don't want to drink that. Um, you know, pools are kind of breeding grounds for bacteria and slime, sludge, and shit. But, you know... If your toilet's still working, you can use that to flush with. Um, there's some other things you can boil that and use that to clean with. There's things you can do that with. Um, I've I've been a big fan, you know, and you need to top off your water supply for whatever during the summer or, you know, for the survival situation or you're camping, you're lost hiking, um, using a plastic bag and covering vegetation. Uh, tree branches, shrubbery. Um, you put a little rock in the bottom of your bag. You cover the the foliage. You cover the shrubbery with your bag. You tie it off so that it's tight around there. And then you have your rock at the other end of it, and it's sort of leaning there. You let it sit there all day. It's going to collect perfectly fine drinking water. Uh, you can take it off. You can run a straw in. Um, you know, for and. And I've found that clear 
clear sort of trash bags, clear plastic black bags like that work the best. Um, you can get it with a black bag, but for whatever reason, um, it's not as effective as a clear one. So clear trash bags, cover up foliage and you know, like, so you see people in survival books and stuff recommend make like digging these survival stills in the desert. You dig a hole, you put container in the bottom of it, you cover it in plastic, uh, you put a pebble on top so that it drips down in your cup, you know, and you're in the desert, you're sweating, you're half dead, and you get like a thimble full of water for a day's worth of work. I could go around and cover a hundred trees with these plash, pl- trash bags, you know, in like an hour. Um, and you're going to get, you know, like a cup of water or something from each of these. So it's a much better payoff. Um, almost no physical work. You just throw the bag over it, tie it off, walk on. So I like that. Um, especially here in a South humid area. Um, you can go around and get dew in the morning and drink that or use it to wash with and stuff. Like if you've ever, if you've ever like walked around grass in the morning anywhere in the south, except for maybe Texas or somewhere that doesn't have any humidity, uh, your shoes get soaked through and your socks are wet. Um, so one of the things you can do is sort of tie a bandana around your shoes, go walking through the through the shrubbery, shrubbery through the grass, uh, wring them out, and you'll get plenty of water that way. So um, there's that. If you've got a running creek anywhere nearby, and let's say the electricity is off, beforehand, when times are good, you might want to consider constructing a ram pump, which is a pneumatic water system that uses – so the water goes into the pump, and then it prevents the backflow. So then it like builds up pressure, and it'll pump water uphill – uphill, pretty far uphill too, actually, um, with no electrical parts. Like it's all just – moving mechanical action that forces water to go uphill. Um, so that would be a good thing to set up. And then you'd have running water uphill from, you know, a water source. And there's a lot of rules and it takes some jiggery pokery to make them work. But that's a good thing to look into. Um, I'm actually uphill from a Creek. I don't quite know if the flow is enough to do one, but when I get some spare cash, I kind of want to try it out and see if I can get, just spare water coming up the hill, water the garden with, maybe refill the the rain barrel, something like that. So that's it. And normally I would just go ahead and end the episode here, uh, DIY to survive, all that jazz, but I'm going to end on a sponsory kind of note today. I have a new, we'll call it a sponsor, um, you run a website, you get affiliate deals, which is basically, uh, you click through the link, just like I put up Amazon links. You click through my Amazon link, you buy it. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And I get literally a couple pennies. So it's, it adds up. It's, it's appreciated. I've, um, when the Amazon, uh, affiliate money was much higher before I bought my water pump for my house with affiliate money. Um, uh, cause I got a $60 Sureflow water pump with that. So same thing with these. Um, I am a, an affiliate for companies and products that I recommend things that I have personally tasted and I recommend and I like nutrient survival would be the newest one. They have sent me out some stuff to try. 
Um, I've liked most of it. Their their survival cookies are super nutrient dense packed cookies. Really good for you. Deep into the shit hit the fan, man, they would be great. Uh, right now, they are not super tasty. Um, their almond maple uh, cereal though was delicious. A couple other things I tried were amazing. I'm still trying some more stuff. There'll be an actual sort of standalone post about this. Welcome in on board. You've already seen if you've gone to survivalpunk.com that their banner is now flying with the other people that I support. So nutrient survival. I'll have a, I'll have a link in the show notes. Go check them out. Definitely some good food to try out. Um, you know, and if you're storing food, you might as well store food that has some nutrients and some density to them. Um, that's one of the things they talk about in these survival collapse novels. You're eating a lot of stored food with most of its high carbohydrate and low nutrient value. Um, a lot of us that choose a sort of low carb keto paleo way of life, we've learned that a lot of that food is not very nutrient dense. You know, people are like, here you have proper diet. You're not really getting anything from a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it keeps you alive. It lets you perform work. Um, but the nutrients aren't there. Um, they're not very nutrient dense. Like a pound of grass fed beef and fat compared to like a loaf of bread, pretty much nutrient devoid. So getting these foods like that, you're eating these stored foods, but they have a much higher nutrient density. So your malnutrition is not going to be there like it would be eating pancake mix uh, every day, lentate. Uh, so you know you're not going to you're not going to have some of those same health issues that you would have from eating nutrient devoid food during these tough times like that. So highly recommend Nutrient Survival. Go check them out. Um, and then I have a coupon code. I think it's going to be in the show notes. It'll definitely be in the show notes. It's 10% off your first number 10 can. Uh, and with that, this is James from survivalpunk.com. DIY. Let's water and not get bored by it, you guys. 